horror fans to the Horror Arena. Here, our horror experts represent horror legends in formal debate to determine who would win in the ultimate showdown for horror supremacy. I'm your ring host, JL, and this is Bloodbath. We would also like to extend a huge welcome to our Patreon special guest Bloodbath judges, Travis, DeNova, and Boomer. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey, guys. I go. They all sold me a soul for like 12 bucks. You got ripped <laughs> off. <laughs> it's I so know. cheap. Uh, well, thank you all so much for being here. Now, take it away, ring announcer. Get ready, folks. There's a very particular hate between our two combatants tonight, and it's sure to get bloody. In this corner, represented by current champion Johnny O, standing six feet and weighing in at 179 pounds, from the boardroom to the killing floor, this materialistic and insatiable maniac splits his time between choosing the perfect business card, returning videotapes, and slaughtering anyone who crosses his path. You could say he's a pretty sick guy, the American psycho, Patrick Bateman. And in this corner, represented by the challenger Aaron, standing 5 feet 10 inches and weighing in at 165 pounds, this brutally sadistic psychopath leaves a wake of destruction across the back roads of America. With a taste for philosophy and a distaste for disrespect, no one is safe from his wrath. It's the serial killer drifter, Henry. May the most unpredictably insane and unruly, unreliable narrator win. The official time and rule keeper for our debate will be Weekend Horror editor and producer, Angela. Thank you, JL. Combatants, each debater will have one minute to present their opening statement. Then each will have three minutes to present their three best points. They will then get three minutes each to rebut the points from their opponent. Then they will each get one minute for their closing statements. As the reigning champion, Johnny O will call the coin toss in the air. Winner of the toss determines the lead. Johnny O, call it. It's not the only thing we're talking because Tails never fails, baby. Alex isn't here, it's heads. And Tails never fails. Oh. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> that's not Alex's, that's mine. He stole it from me. All right, Johnny. <laughs> you taking the lead or is Aaron? Hmm, this is a tough one. Aaron's a worthy opponent. Hmm. Ah, fuck it. Ladies first. So you or him? Your mom. <laughs> Alrighty. What? Well, t- <laughs> time will commence when you begin speaking. You have one minute. Henry, portrait of a serial killer. The name says it all. Based loosely on the real life serial killer Henry Lee Lucas, a man who falsely boasted of hundreds of murders upon being captured. Our Henry has made murder his single greatest pursuit in life, and he is damn good at it. Unlike Lucas, though, his kill streak is legitimate, spanning the length and breadth of the country, and he has yet to be caught. Some say the Grim Reaper rides a horse. Others say it's a metallic, mist-green 1970 Chevy Impala. Rolling into town on four wheels like a fell plague, Henry operates by three simple rules. Never kill someone you can be tied to. Change your ammo constantly and stay on the move. A man with a plan, he picks off his victims in quick fashion before climbing back into that driver's seat and heading out of town, leaving only blood, sorrow, and an unknown suspect file. If Bateman should so choose to tangle with him, it won't be long before he turns this country club pretty boy into an ugly mess. Just another sad name on a long list. 
Thank you, Aaron. Johnny, you have one minute. While we're pondering the excellence of Huey Lewis and the news in their early new wave sound, let's not forget that the band wasn't the only one coming to its prime during the 80s. Patrick Bateman also saw his rise to the top as a modern Norman Bates. Being an axe or a chainsaw or his charming demeanor and stylish looks, that won't be the last image of Bateman that you see. Is he simply broken from reality or is he the world's deadliest serial killer? Take this business card and ponder that while you swoon over the subtle off-white color, the tasteful thickness of it, and the watermark. Regarding Henry, didn't the violator handle that guy in some movie where Henry spent the rest of his life crying about Ritz crackers? Or was it some sense and sensibility that took him out? Either way, Bateman has nothing to worry about when it comes to tonight's opponent. Thank you, Johnny. Aaron, you now have three minutes to state your three best points. To begin, though Patrick Bateman must constantly struggle to maintain a facade of humanity, Henry is charming even to complete strangers. From the casual meeting with a waitress to the budding relationship with his eventual target, Becky, and even his murderous partnership with Otis, Henry is able to sway those he meets into an almost instant trust in order to accomplish his goals. Patrick must instead associate with those motivated purely by money and power. The investment-driven associates who pretend to be one another's friends, the image-obsessed fiancé who barely casts a glance in his direction, and prostitutes who give him a little regard beyond the wad of bills on the nightstand. These are the only people that he can hide amongst. Henry, on the other hand, is even able to make a woman fall in love with him, as mentally scarred as she may be. But even with the soulless beauty routine and constant efforts to imitate someone with a soul and a personality, Bateman is still forced to hobnob with only slightly less immoral monsters to disguise himself. Next, Henry is a free-roaming, dedicated professional murderer, while Patrick is a little more than a hobby killer. Henry has structured his lifestyle completely around the kill. He is ever on the move, one moment hitting a remote location before quickly vacating the area. The next, he's burying himself in populous cities where his kills will barely be noticed. And he's careful to constantly switch weapons and methods to make it more difficult to link his string of murders. Henry's only real need is his car, which carries him from victim to victim. And the deepest relationship we ever see him develop is with another killer, whom he quickly disposes of when it becomes a frustration. Meanwhile, Patrick, we see Patrick fighting to maintain a steady day job and a faux romantic relationship. He concerns himself more with status and the perception of other people than with the kill itself. And perhaps worst of all, he kills those closest to him with little thought or planning beforehand, leaving a trail that will ultimately point in his direction. Finally, Henry remains a cool-headed killer at nearly all times. Patrick, however, is living on an ever-accelerating descent to total madness. Bateman kills a homeless man simply because he's angry over a business card. Even when he's up hit set, Henry refuses to give in to the urge to kill a woman walking her dog near him on the street. And he even warns Otis to never kill someone he's been seen with before, reducing the chance of the kill leading back to him. Patrick, instead, chooses to murder those close to him who generate jealousy or simply perturb him for little or no reason. This leads him to having to abruptly kill a woman after attempting to pay tribute to an ATM by feeding it a live cat, just like the tinfoil nut job he is. And ultimately, he has to call in his employers to clean up his mess while Henry always saunters coolly out of town. Thank you, Aaron. Johnny, you now have three minutes for your three best points. <sighs> Patrick Bateman is resourceful. 
Generally speaking, Bateman has several items at the ready to dispatch his opponents. Not only does he have an assortment of weapons, both practical and not, he also has a means to cover his tracks. Be it a well-oiled chainsaw dropped from flights of stairs or an axe to the face, Bateman has little issue with the sadistic manner in which he kills. If that's not enough to convince you, keep this in mind as well. Bateman is at the peak of physical fitness. Spending hours carefully crafting his physique, Bateman will have no problem handling his own in a long, drawn-out fight. Bateman's best defense will be what he uses to distract his victims, his routine of discipline and exercise. Finally, Bateman has an insatiable taste for blood. He has an uncontrollable need to kill. Usually his victims are those whom he sees as competition. Henry fits the bill, perhaps. But after Bateman invites Henry over for a little Whitney Houston and wine, it'll only be a matter of time before the murder shark starts swimming and the axes come out swinging. Perhaps this kill will require a certain nail gun that Bateman has been itching to use. Henry will be easily nailed, wrapped, and dumped. Hell, maybe Henry will even be snacked on. Patrick is hungry, and Henry's what's for dinner. I yield. Thank you, Johnny. Aaron, you have three minutes. As to the multiple weapons on hand, I think we can see who's truly supreme in this area, given that Henry killed a man with a soldering iron. Uh, didn't even need a knife, crowbar, anything like that, though. Bateman can bring whatever he wants. Uh, it's easily enough to dealt with. And as far as means of covering his own tracks, as I said, uh, his corporate sponsors are the ones who end up cleaning up. Uh, if you qualify stacking body after body in some stranger's closets covering your tracks, then, well, I won't talk about my closet. But, uh... <laughs> As to him being at the peak of physical fitness, this is a, a murder competition, not a Pilates class. While he may do his thousand and one push-ups, he's there just to make himself look pretty. I, I don't think he has the muscle to really go toe-to-toe to hint with Henry, who has spent time, obviously, in some pretty terrible locations. He's gone through prison, come out uh, unscathed, so I, I don't see that to be a problem. And then as to the need to kill, that might ultimately be Bateman's undoing because he needs more than wants. So he gives into it when it calls. He takes and goes after people in random locations or goes after people that are super close to him. Um, he's unable to control it, to put off until it is time to do it. Whereas Henry, can t- it takes pushing Henry over very deep, dark, far edge before he will kill without pause at least pausing beforehand to think it through um and i think ultimately the best argument is that frankly i don't think that henry gives a shit about huey lewis and the news (laughs) i uh yield the remainder thank you aaron johnny you're up now have three minutes Oh, I'm sorry. You wanted a rebuttal to that sorry excuse for an argument? As for whether or not Patrick is just impulsive, did we not forget that he did take out the Joker with a swift axe to the face? This was very premeditated and planned out. So much so that he remembered to put out the papers in order to catch 
the gruesomes. He even bought himself a brand new raincoat. Hmm. And as for Henry's ability to outlast prison, well, he had to go to prison first, which means he's going to be caught and caught again and again. But the next time Patrick Bateman catches him, it'll be again with an axe to the face because it's hip to be square. Now, you mentioned Henry having to pause and think and whatnot. Well, this is going to be his downfall because Patrick Bateman doesn't need to pause or think once he sets his sights on the person he's going to kill. The only thing that he'll think about is what weapon to use. Will it be some duct tape? Will it be a pillow? Will it be a chainsaw? Either way, Henry's going to die. And that's all that matters. I yield. Thank you, Johnny. Aaron, you now have one minute for your closing statement. Ladies and gentlemen, what we have here comes down to a matter of blue-collar cleverness versus white-collar excess. Good old boy know-how against Ivy League entitlement. It really doesn't take a lot of this thought to decide who will win this battle with serial killers. Henry's charming, focused, and collected. He is able to insinuate himself with anyone he chooses while Patrick is forced to hide among one of society's most immoral elements. He manages to alienate hookers, whereas Henry succeeded in getting a good girl to fall in love with him. Henry gears his entire life towards the kill, staying anonymous and mobile. His opponent, on the other hand, sinks the majority of effort into maintaining a wealthy and affluent lifestyle. And we see where this failed attempt at humanity leads as he becomes undone and openly psychotic, unable to disappear back into the crowd as Henry has done on so many occasions. It's fairly clear that Patrick's need for acceptance is blatantly visible to a murder machine like Henry and is something easily taken advantage of. He would quickly lure the needy, lost Bateman under his influence, just like he did Otis, and use him to add a few thrills to a few kills before finally ending and disposing of him as he's done with numerous truck stop hookers along the way. Failing this, Patrick will become undone by the paranoia of being stalked. Falling apart, it seems, as a cold-blooded murderer, Henry closes in for the kill. Boys and Time. girls, Patrick better. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. Johnny, you have one minute for your closing statement. First, I would like to thank my opponent for having the courage to show up today. However, in conclusion, Patrick Bateman, or is it Batman, will have no problem digesting Henry. Bateman's ability to lure his victims into a false sense of security, resourcefully kill them, and devour his their remains will be what overpowers Henry. While Henry is busy trying to convince his local pal to join him on his endeavors, Bateman will be picking out his new chainsaw, laying out some fresh newspaper clippings, and donning a fresh raincoat. It's time to boogie on down with some fresh new hits from Huey. Remember, it's hip to be square, unless your name is Henry. Now, I have to return some videotapes. Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> All, right. All right, good job, guys. Excellent work. Excellent work. Yep. Let's go ahead and remove the headphones and our judges will confer. All right. So let's go round the table. Let's start with Travis. Who do you have coming out in this fight? Patrick or Henry? Oh, this would be the first time I had to make a hard decision because I never seen both of these films. <laughs> but I have seen uh, uh, Bateman um, in memes, so... And Cliff, so, uh, but the betrayal, uh, but the talking about these two guys, I mean, you got Yondu versus Batman, uh, that's all it, all I'm thinking of, uh, and uh, 
What it goes boils down to, I think, who is the most fun serial killer? And I have to go with my vote for Bateman because, sure, he may be unhinged, he may be handsome and charming, but uh, in terms, his kills are always fun to watch uh, because he's always, you know, the unhinged serial killer. Uh, he go, he's always, uh, you know, loves to listen to Huey Lewis because uh, remember, as Johnny said, it's always hip to be a square. Uh. <laughs> and while um, Henry is a little bit too much on the serious side uh, to kind of really kind of win this one because. It's just, I don't know. You, have, I don't know. I never, like I said, never seen both of them. So I have to go. Which one was more fun to see, watch, and it has to be Bateman, my final answer. Okay, Angela, who do you think takes this one? Uh, you know, I'm gonna have to go with Henry. Um, I just think that. Uh, like the main point is that Henry is more cool headed than Bateman. And honestly, if it hadn't been for some, you know, corporate sponsor or whatever, cleaning up after him, he definitely would have been caught and, and, you know, thrown away. <laughs> like, um, and he's just, he's just far too temperamental. I mean, he has to kill, but it's, it's like for vain reasons. It's not even like for, you know, the, the hunting aspect or the actual killing he's curious but uh, you know about cannibalism and and shit like that but i just think that uh overall henry would uh overcome him uh just because he would be a little bit more cool-headed and and see moves ahead okay awesome all right boomerstein bateman easy <laughs> okay, do you want me to elaborate or no? <laughs> you can if you want, or okay. you don't have to. Okay, uh, awesome. I mean, dude's oh, literally okay. going to be stronger. I mean, have you seen his workout? <laughs> Can you? I mean, come on. No, but like, unironically though, he has more. Um, he has more tune force. <laughs> okay. 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 Awesome. Now to, he's got all the Sigma memes behind him. That's the reason. <laughs> Okay, gotcha. So, I'm right, very annoyed he didn't mention the Sigma memes. Very, very disappointed. So that's two for Patrick and one for Henry so far. DeNova, where do you fall, Henry or Patrick? Um, in all actuality, I'm going to base mine in realism because uh, with Bateman, all his murders in his head. At the end of it, it's all in his head. Like He never killed anybody. And Henry is an actual serial killer. So I'm basing it on that. So I'm going Henry. Going Henry? Goodness. Because I mean, right? sorry. Because I mean, a guy that's never killed anybody that's having a mental breakdown versus a guy that's smart about killing. Legit stone cold killer. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. And that leaves me. Uh, thank you, Denova. And that leaves me. So with the kind of the tiebreaker. And 
Baseball, while um, it's understood, and while the, the the combatants really didn't really touch on it a whole lot, but both of them are unreliable narrators because Henry lied a lot about his kills and embellished things, you know, to whatever extent. And of course, we never really know. Brett Easton Ellis left it kind of ambiguous: was this happening in his mind, or did was he actually doing this stuff? And going by the movie, it's kind of ambiguous as well as to what was going on. So um, it's possible he's just a killer in his own mind. Uh, as a breakdown from his reality, but going by the uh, uh, by the other points that the that um, our combatants brought up, I would have to give this one and my tie breaking decision uh, to Henry as well, and because the way did it's uh, uh huh. Sorry, did you mean Patrick instead of Henry when you said no? I'm giving I'm giving it to Henry because both both of them are unreliable narrators, and it's and it's and uh-huh. uh, it's and Brett Easton Ellis, the author of American Psycho, left it ambiguous. We never actually know if it's in Bateman's mind or if it's happening in reality. As a matter of fact, the book, American Psycho, was actually kind of written autobiographically. And so, the, but the character's presented as unreliable. He's so wrapped up in his narcissism that we can't tell that he'll make up whatever he needs in order to, like, sell sell himself to people. Yeah, but, and like, so, aren't we not... I thought the whole point was we weren't counting that because neither of them mentioned it. Yeah, so, 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 so understanding really that, that, but we're... But we're gonna so going off of what uh, the what they argue, going simply off of this fact, taking it that taking into account that the possibility that uh, Patrick Raven is in fact a killer, and so but they're both unreliable narrators. But it doesn't matter if we look at them both as killers and how they present themselves. Aaron makes a fantastic point in that Henry is lit- literally a professional murderer. So it's what he does. His entire life is focused around it and focused with getting away with it. So. He has an so he he learned from his time in prison uh, and he got better as, as better to be a better criminal and now he literally centers everything around his life. All the actions he chooses are around satisfying that kill. But he's but he I mean, does my, it in a uh-huh. my unironic reason for picking uh, Bateman was literally that he is much more like physically fit than he than the uh, than Henry. And, but I'll, I'll give it given given that we see in Henry Portrait Zero Killer that Henry is capable of doing things that are just as physically demanding from his blue-collar lifestyle and just uh, just being a hardened individual that, you know, it's, it's not, it's not going to come down to that. It's going to come down to, you know, like, who they are as killers. And Patrick is more of a... Uh, is more of a uh, kind of like a, an in-the-heat-of-the-moment killer. So when the passion strikes him, then he'll kill. So it's his, blood, and his bloodlust is rising, and he's quickly unraveling. So whereas Henry is cool, calm, collected, and any situation he is in, he's always looking for the angle. It's just, can I kill this person or can I not kill this person? And so if given the opportunity, given these two predators encountering one another in the ring as we are as we are opposing it, then Henry would have the upper hand. And also, Aaron brings this up, Henry is far superior with unconventional weaponry. So and as we always love in slasher films, improvisational weaponry, just grabbing something and killing somebody with it, um, just like Jason Voorhees or like that, Henry is is very capable with improv killing, with finding whatever is nearby and finding the lethal uh, the lethal use of that object. He is far better than that. Patrick requires more uh, more prepar- or sorry more preparation and planning. Henry is better on the fly and he's better at finding the angles. So I'll say that as a professional killer um, who's dedicated his life to it and to getting away with it, whereas Patrick's more off the off the cuff and just kind of like spastic about it, then I have to give this one to Henry. Just because 
while the two of them will hate each other because of their images, because materialism versus, you know, establishment versus, uh, you know, fighting against the establishment. I say give this one to Henry because Henry is just literally a man of the task and everything is kind of ancillary to Patrick's narcissism. Uh, and on top of that, Patrick's formulaic and I think, like J.L. said, um, getting into a confrontation one-on-one with another killer, yes, uh, Patrick may be more fit, but that doesn't speak to his uh, fighting prowess. Right. And we say, and we notice that, and we also see that Henry doesn't underestimate anybody. So, and he's never caught off guard. So, just from what? From the, from the films alone and from Aaron's presentation. So, I think we're solid. I think we got Henry with three and Patrick with two. All right. Yeah, this one, this one was a close one. It's a this toss tough up. one. Yeah. Because you also have to point out that, like, if Patrick viewed him as, like, being superior in some way, like, um, what the other guy said. Uh, I mean, there would be a difference there. Cause he likes, he's, uh, someone said like, uh, that he would like try to be like, uh, manipulating Patrick, but yeah, whatever. I think that would be All way right. too difficult. <laughs> Possible. All right. So Johnny, Aaron, our judges have deliberated and we have come to a conclusion. This was a close one. It came down to a couple of points. That were brought up, but both arguments were, were excellent, and I think that both uh, combatants were well represented. So, to make this decision here, we actually had a count of three to two as to who would win this. So, it came down to a tie breaking vote, and that win goes to Henry. Yay! <laughs> so, congratulations. I'm still muted. <laughs> John is just like okay. Well, he's, <laughs> he's a little high on painkillers. He's, I mean, I mean. he's on cloud nine. It's a fucking coin flip, really. I mean, at the end of the day, this one was super, super yeah. close. This one came down to the arguments and the presentation. And uh, oh, his presentation was wordy, but mine was funny. So that's bullshit. Yours was humorous. I will give this the nice the 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 in the in references were fantastic, and both of y'all really really brought it and i think the failure to use the sigma meme was your downfall (laughs) (laughs) i like the fact that mine came that they both kind of matched the movies because his was kind of you know it ran along the main lines but it made movie and music references like patrick did all that good stuff and then mine's like the trailer for henry where they're like henry portrait of a serial killer (laughs) (laughs) All right, so really congrats. owning your serial killers. <laughs> congratulations, congratulations, Aaron. At the for end a... of the day, the reason why JL voted for you, Aaron, is because he's afraid to take me on. Oh, you... <sighs> that Wait, is, is so absolutely not true. Yeah. <laughs> I think that you're going to be grateful when you find out what what he, Aaron has to do. <laughs> yes, yes, the next one is going to be great. So stick yeah. around for just a moment. But uh, congratulations, Aaron. <laughs> Way to go on your big victory for unseating Johnny. And uh, that's right. You get to take on me next month. This is going to be a fun one. So it's going to be so gross. So thank and thank you so much to our special guest judges, to Travis DeNova and Boomer. Thank you so guys for so much for uh, coming out, hanging out with us. Oh, 
I think we lost Travis there, but um, yeah, he looked, he like, looked he like he tired. was about to fall yeah, asleep. He's about to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah he's getting so, in bed. He's getting all tucked in. Yeah. Thank you all so much. And that, Horror Fiends, concludes another glorious bloodbath debate. A huge thank you to our special patron judges for joining us. Let us know in the comments or at weekendhorror at gmail.com if you agree or disagree with the results tonight. Stay tuned for when we announce our next two combatants. Thank you all so much for joining us, and we will see you next month. See ya. Bye-bye.